In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Peace to you on this beautiful fall morning. The sun is rising high in the sky. It's bright and cool. Bucky won last night, so all's right with the world more or less. And we come here on the Lord's Day to worship in spirit and truth, to ask God for that joy of the first Christians on Easter Day when we hear a very familiar gospel passage. Who wishes to be the first shall be the last of all and the servant of all. We hear it connected to its prophecy in the first reading, but then there's this odd connection of the letter of St. James. This famous passage, who wishes to be first must be the last of all and the servant of all. And then there's St. James. Where does this dissension come from? Why is there conflict among you? It, it wars. Uh, because of your passions. You ask and you don't receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. And that requires a little contextualization because the word passion in contemporary English has a very different meaning than what the Apostle St. James was writing. Because St. James is writing to Christians about their passions. We tend to think of passions as a very good thing, right? So-and-so is very passionate about football. Or so-and-so is very passionate about playing the piano. That means they're really good and go after it. But I want to use those two examples to get what St. James is talking about. The Apostle James means passion in the classical way. A passion is an emotion which you do not control. It's something that just happens and you, you see something and you like it or you don't like it. That's what a, a passion is. It just moves you immediately, but you don't have any control over it. Take that a contemporary example, all right? We all know people who are absolutely miserable to watch football games with because they're very passionate. They yell and scream at a bunch of millionaires on a TV screen that are hundreds of miles away and don't care about them at all and lose their minds as though this game has anything to do with their lives at all, which if you think logic about it, it means nothing. And they're utterly unpleasant because they're so, quote, passionate. Now, you can use sports as an icon because that's a very low example, right? Because you can get, quote, passionate about low, meaningless things. Let's take someone who's passionate about the piano, right? Nobody looks at a piano as like, oh, baby, here we go, all right? No, if you're passionate about the piano, you might have an affinity for it, but someone who would say is passionate about the piano has very, very likely disciplined themselves with practice. They've learned the virtues of the piano. They've built habits around it. That is what St. James is talking about. You have to have control of your passions. Thus, the cross. Nobody is passionate about the cross. The disciples who are with Christ see the healings and the miracles. They're so not passionate about it, Jesus brings it up and they start talking about themselves, right? All along the way, it's sort of that old phrase, I'm tired of talking about myself. Why don't you talk about me, right? They get into that. Because the cross is no, you can't get fired up about it. It's wood and cold and nails and blood and sweat and death. And Christ says, anyone who wants to be my disciple must take up his cross, must be the last of all. You ever been the last of all? It's not fun, right? You ever been the last person picked at a game? You're not like, yeah, awesome, last one picked, here I go. Right? 
You're being the last one there, scrubbing the toilet. It's like, mm, I get to get the last bit of God knows what that is off the toilet. Great, yeah. Nobody does that. That's also why within our ordinary life, if we don't govern our passions, they can simply run wherever they want. Again, by analogy, you can just insert here something that you don't have control of, and you're like that moron yelling at the TV screen at a football game. You have no control. Just something Caesar happens, and I just don't like it, or I just do like it. Cheeseburgers, yeah! All right. Brussels sprouts, no! All right. And I don't I actually like Brussels sprouts, but that's different. Okay. Thus, in the Christian life, the cross becomes the icon of the virtuous life. You know, that's the whole point behind the Find Your Greatness event, that we start to build habits in our life. It's why the Apostle Peter, right, second letter of St. Peter, it's in the Bible, chapter 1. You must strengthen your faith with knowledge, your knowledge with virtue, your virtue with self-control. It's right there. If you just think you're going to wander into church, say, Jesus, and then become a great person, guess what? Nothing happens. Faith dies when we say, I don't want to grow in virtue. I'm doing great. I like things the way they are. Cross later. Right? And so as we come to worship the Lord in spirit and truth, we want to constantly put that virtue down. And it gets applicable across the board. When we focus on our habits, we can build beautiful things. Again, I'll give a common example. My mother was very passionate about cross-stitch. And so she'd show all her sons like patterns. And guess how fired up we were about cross-stitch? Not that much, all right? But some of the most like beautiful and treasured heirlooms of our family come from that she learned the virtue, the talent, the skills to do that. So again, insert that into kind of anything. If we learn the virtuous habits which require the cross and work, that leads to the peaceability and the joy. To constantly put down those mere reaction. Oh, there she is. I don't like her. There he is. I like him. And discipline ourselves. According, again, that's one of the reasons behind the Find Your Greatness event, to learn how to pick up those virtues, to learn how to that carry cross in a powerful way. The person who learns how to play the piano virtuously, they probably had some sore fingers, they probably missed a few parties, they probably had to not play video games a little bit or whatever the case may be. But man, do they bring a lot of joy and beauty to a room when they play. The Christian who disciplines him or herself, who sacrifices his or her own desires day in, day out, from when they're young to they're old, probably has to miss out on a lot of things, but has the ability to bring an untold peace and joy wherever they walk. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.